In the early years of the Christian church, uh, the apostle Philip was led by the Holy Spirit out into the wilderness on the road that links Jerusalem with Gaza. And there he met a very important Ethiopian official. He was the treasurer of Candace, the queen of of the Ethiopians. So this bloke, he was a long way from home. And he was reading something. He was reading something from the prophet Isaiah and he couldn't understand it. And um, Philip said, do you want me to tell you what it means? And beginning with that very passage from Isaiah, he introduced that Ethiopian eunuch to Jesus Christ. Because even though the prophet Isaiah had written these words over 700 years before Jesus was even born, Jesus is the one that they were written about. And this Ethiopian was so moved by these words and he was so moved by the Holy Spirit that when they came upon some water, he said, look, there's some water, I'd better get baptised. And he was. And these same words can so move us today. Now, I don't know why the Jews have so much trouble understanding that the Messiah must suffer because the words that we read in Isaiah leave absolutely no doubt. And on this Good Friday, as we look back and remember the suffering of Jesus, we're going to hear these words of God's prophet, spoken some 700 years before Jesus was born, and yet so accurate in every detail that they perfectly describe the crucifixion of Jesus. But more than this, they also tell us why. They tell us why Jesus went through all that suffering and death. They tell us the purpose. And the fact that it was written over 700 years before it even happened means I can confidently confidently tell you that this was no accident of history. This was God's plan. This was God's purpose. And it's the story of the suffering servant. So let me read it for you. Um, Reading from Isaiah chapter 52, and I'm reading from verse 13 through to chapter 53, verse 12. See, my servant will act wisely. He will be raised and lifted up and highly exalted. Just as there were many who were appalled at him. His appearance was so disfigured beyond that of any man and his form marred beyond human likeness. So he will sprinkle the nations and kings will shut their mouths because of him. For they, for what they were not told, they will see. What they have not heard, they will understand. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of Yahweh been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised. And rejected by men. A man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men just hide their faces. He was despised. 
and we esteemed him not. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, so he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was Yahweh's will to crush him and to cause him suffering. And though Yahweh makes his life a guilt offering, we will see his offspring and prolong his days. And the will of Yahweh will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will give him a portion among the great and he will divide the spoils with the strong because he poured out his life unto death and was numbered with the transgressions. For he bore the sin of many, and he made intercession for the transgressors. Jesus died for us is no glib statement. And it's not just Jesus' death, it's his suffering. What was so awful? What was so terrible that Jesus suffered so terribly? What deed was so horrendous and so repulsive to God that the cost of redemption was so high? Well, you might consider it no biggie. But here it is. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. That's it. Sin is choosing our way over God's way. Sin is living for self instead of living for God. Sin is feeling, I know better, or I just don't care. 
Sin is when we decide that the Lord God Almighty is irrelevant. That's it. And because we all, like sheep, have gone astray, because each of us has turned to his own way, Yahweh has laid on Jesus our iniquity. It is because we've turned to our own way that Jesus suffered so terribly and died brutally on the cross. You know, most people in the world think of themselves as being good people. I don't need to be saved. I don't need God. But that very attitude is the root of the problem. We've gone astray. We've turned our own way. Now God has told us that there is only one way to get to him. There is only one way to be saved. There is only one way to live for eternity with him. And that's through Jesus. But we humans don't accept that. We like to think that we have another way. And so we like to live by our own rules. We like to live by our own standards. And, hey, if God ever mattered, well, that's a thing of the past because we know better now, don't we? Oh, my heart aches when I realise that my sin, my going my own way, is what caused Jesus to suffer so terribly. What can I do to make up for it? Nothing. And this is the gospel. In his suffering, Jesus made up for it. Jesus did what I couldn't do. Jesus took upon his body the suffering that we deserve for choosing our way over God's way. And this is the amazing thing. The only one who never went astray, the only one who always went God's way, our beautiful saviour, was executed as a criminal to make things right for us. My, what a saviour. What love. What sacrifice. By his punishment, we can have peace with God. By his wounds, we are healed. Now, I guess most parents have probably been asked by their children, if Jesus died on Good Friday, why do we call it Good Friday? Why don't we call it Bad Friday? Has any parent ever been asked that? No? Goodness. I thought, I've been asked that. And I remember asking my parents the same thing. But this is why it's Good Friday, because by his wounds we are healed. How can we respond? Surely when we know this, it demands a response. We can't let Jesus die for nothing. He went through this to fix what was broken. And it is now possible through Jesus for us to turn from our own way and to turn back to God.
And then what else can we do but worship? And that's primarily what we do here on Good Friday. We worship God. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry for all the times that I've gone astray and followed my own way. I'm sorry for not following you as my Lord. Father, forgive me. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the price you paid on the cross as you suffered and died. It was our sin, our iniquity that you bore that day. And we're so thankful that you have taken it from us. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, we give to you our hearts. Help us to follow you with our whole heart from this day until eternity. Amen.